The Jazz finally pull out a win to end their four-game losing skid again uh, against the Wizards. And the team is dealing with a, a few rotation issues. We'll get into this and more as we get on into this episode. Welcome on into the the Jazz Talk Basketball Podcast, um, part of the Wasatch Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Now, first I need to apologize for the fact that it's been about two weeks since I've recorded anything and put anything out. Um, you know, life's been a little crazy lately. But that's, you know, that's not an excuse. I need to make this a priority. I like doing this. Um, I feel better when I've actually put these thoughts into recordings. Um, so be expecting me to get back to putting out episodes on a very regular basis. And again, sorry if, um, for the fact that there hasn't been any more uh, podcasts from me in the last couple of weeks. So the Jazz... Um, Recently lost four straight games right after the All-Star break. They lost to the San Antonio Spurs, Miami Heat, um, the Phoenix Suns, and the Boston Celtics. They won a couple nights ago against the Washington Wizards, 129-119, to I believe. And they are playing tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. Um, this Cle- Cavaliers team is not a good team. They're very depleted. They recently went through a coaching change. Um, so hopefully the Jazz can can pull out a pretty easy win tonight. But, you know, with how they're playing over that four-game losing streak, um, if they keep playing that way, nothing's going to be easy for them. Um, you know, after the All-Star break, I mean, it's really nice for the players to get a break and to, to clear their minds, rest their bodies up. But sometimes, and the Jazz usually don't do this, usually they come back ready to go, but sometimes players come back and they're really rusty, they're not engaged, they're not really ready to go. And that's kind of what it looked like for the Utah Jazz. Um, Yeah, they gave effort, but it really just didn't look like they were fully locked in. And it looks like they're starting to get that back going. Um, But there was some news with the Jazz. Um... Mike Conley had been pulled from the starting lineup earlier in the day before the Wizards game. And then a few hours later, it was announced that instead, Joe Ingles would be pulled from the starting lineup and Conley would be starting instead. Um, now there's a lot of people saying that the front 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 office, Dennis Lindsay, um, Justin Zanuck, guys like that, um, basically made that decision. Um, I don't know exactly how all that went down. If, you know, Quinn wanted to bring Conley off the bench or what what happened there. Um, but who starts and who's, you know, coming off the bench really is not the most important thing, I think, for the Jazz. I think the most important thing is for them to figure out their rotations. Um, there's a lot of players on the team that have skill sets that are really useful but when they're on it, on the floor with guys that are very similar to them, you know they tend to overlap, and then you know they're not as effective. Um, Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich can be awesome together, but um, they're both spot-up shooters um, that need the ball in their hands a lot to to be effective. Um, George Niang is another spot-up shooter. Um, and if like if you have all those three guys on the court at the same time, which they don't usually do that, um, but you're if you did that, you get to the point to where you're 
sacrificing some of their other skills to maximize the shooting. Um, same with like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. They can work really well together, but I think it's best to play them together quite a bit, but make sure at least one of them is on the court at all times and you're kind of splitting the minutes with each other. Um, you know, making sure that um, Conley has a chance to just run the offense and be the point guard. And then on the other side, Donovan Mitchell gets a, the chance to just run the run the the offense, be the point guard, and, you know, be the man out there. And that's kind of what I think Quinn Snyder was l- looking into doing. Um, Mike is not a bench player. Like, he's one of the best point guards in the league. Even with his struggles, he's still one of the top half in the top half of point guards in the entire NBA. Um, but I think Quinn looked at it as, you know, if I start Mitchell, Ingles, O'Neal, Bogdanovich, and Gobert together, we have a lot of shooting out there. Donovan can just run the show, get his points, get going, and then when the other team brings their second unit guys in, we we have this amazing point guard and a guy like Mike Conley that can come out and instead of going up against first team guys can can go be go can be going up against second team guys and really um uh, uh what's the word I'm trying to think of um the word's not coming to me but really just you know prosper off the fact that he's going against lesser competition he's this amazing player um, and I would be doing the same thing with Ingles and Bogdanovich. Um, I would make sure to have either one of them on the court at all times, but I would kind of limit how much they played together just for the fact that, you know, they both like to have the ball in their hands. They both are looking to get up a lot of three-point shots. Um, Bogdanovich is looking to get the three-year drive and and uh, get to the hoop. And Ingles is looking to either get the three or run the pick and roll and pass the ball out. Um, so I'd be looking to um, you know limit the amount of minutes that they play together. Um, one other guy that I wanted to talk about is Emmanuel Moutier. Moutier, when um, when the Jazz play back to backs, they've been resting Mike Conley. Um, he had the hamstring issues earlier in the year, so if you're playing a back to back, pick the the you know, the opponent that's the lesser opponent and rest him then, let Emmanuel Moutier play um, just so that Mike Conley can be ready to go for the playoffs. Um, when they've been doing this, Mike, or Mike, uh, Emmanuel Moutier has looked really good. Um, he brings a lot of energy. In his time with the Jazz, he's become an actually efficient player. Um, he still has a lot of work to do, but he is a much better player with the Jazz than what he was, you know, especially in his time with the Nuggets and, you know, better than what he was last year with the Knicks. He's more efficient. He's more team-oriented. He picks his spots better, all that kind of stuff. And I'd like to see the Jazz start to figure out a way to get him into into the game. The problem is, you know, the Jazz don't have much size, um... You know, you look at their their four guys that come off the bench. They play a, a nine-man rotation usually. You have Tony Bradley, who's going to come in right for Rudy Gobert. So you have you have your center. But after that, you have Jordan Yang, who's a 6'7 combo forward, but really he's just out there to be a spot-up shooter. 
he tries hard on defense, but he's just not a good defender. Um, and then you have, currently you have Joe Ingles, um, who's going to come in and basically run the point guard when he comes in. And then Jordan Clarkson's out there to be a scorer, and he's, you know, 6'5". They don't have enough, they don't have enough size and defense to justify bringing in a guy like Moutier. And so what I would be doing if I'm the Jazz is I would be looking to, um, you know, use um, Moutier um, instead of George Niang and instead of Tony Bradley for a few minutes. Um, and really the, the way you would do this is by basically having George Niang play some minutes at the center. Um, not, not a lot, you know couple minutes in the first half, couple minutes in the second half. Um you'd you'd be dropping Tony Bradley's minutes a bit, a bit um which Tony has done well as a backup center. But there's you know backup centers are so easy to find in the NBA right now. There's a lot of guys trying to get a job that can be very productive. Um but I think Moutier can bring that extra punch to this Jazz team. Um so if you look at it um Tony Bradley plays 12 to 14 minutes a night. Um, George Yang is playing in that, you know, 13 to 16 minutes a night. I think if you dropped George down to 12 minutes, had four of those at the center, and you dropped um, Tony Bradley down to eight or nine minutes, um, all of a sudden you've opened up about eight, maybe ten minutes that you can bring Emmanuel Moutier in let him just go attack like crazy, um, you know, be that just that lightning rod off the bench. Um, and him and Clarkson together, I think if they could build some chemistry, would be a very scary duo off the bench. And then you start, you know, tandeming the minutes between Conley and Mitchell and Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich and Ingles. Um I think you'd have a lot better balance for the full 48 minutes of the game. Um, one of the big things, though, with, with what I'm talking about, it would be a lot easier if the Jazz had found a way to get a defender. Um, you know, Michael K. Gilchrist ended up signing with the um, the Dallas Mavericks. Marvin Williams went to the Bucks. Damari Carroll went to the Rockets. Like, if they could have gotten any of those three guys off the buyout market, I think they would be in a better position off the bench because those guys could allow a guy like George Niang to play some minutes at the center because they're such good defenders. They could help make up for his shortcomings on that side. Um, uh, you know, before we get, we go, let's, you know, look, take a real quick look at the buyout market. Um, so, Anybody that is released or waived um, after today, um, after yesterday, is no longer playoff eligible. So if the Jazz brought them in, I mean, they they couldn't use them in the playoffs anyway. Um, so it would have to be players that have already been released or bought out. Um, I don't, there's really not any of these guys that really stand out. Um you have a few guys that could maybe be helpful um, as bench depth type guys like Alan Crabb. 
um, Anthony Tolliver, Tyler Johnson. Um, but I think, you know, some of your, your G League guys like Mie Oni, um, Juwan Morgan, um, and then Emmanuel Moutier could basically fill those roles anyway. Um, now in free agency, there are some guys that the Jazz could look at, um, to kind of strengthen up this team as they make this last push for the, um, going into the playoffs. Um, they could possibly bring Epe Udo back and maybe he beats out Tony Bradley for the backup center minutes. Um, I know Trevor Booker would like to come back into the NBA, um, I know he's he's built his three-pointer, so he could actually play with the center um, a bit. He would help bring a lot of energy off the bench. Uh, maybe Joe Kim Noah. Um, you know, or, you know, an idea that I've thought of, but I just I don't think it's, it's very realistic, is DeMarcus Cousins was released by the Lakers. He was trying to get himself healthy to be ready for the playoffs for the Lakers. If the Jazz believed he was healthy, now in the locker room, he, you know he's had his troubles before. But I think it might be worth the risk to bring him in for these last you know twenty or so games, let him play the playoffs. If you know, because he's he would only play in the playoffs. If you think he could be helpful, it'd be at least worth looking into. I just don't see it as very realistic. So, um, basically what I'm saying is I, I think this is the Jazz team we have. Um, this is what they're going forward with. And, you know, they'll look in the summer to kind of fine-tune it and figure out exactly what pieces to add. Um, they'll have some cap room to work with. They'll have the ability to bring back Jordan Clarkson. Um, they'll have a draft pick that they can work with. You know, maybe add that and Ed Davis into a trade and get a backup center that fits better or whatever position it is they feel is a position of need. Um, but as far as I see it, this is the Jazz team that they're going to go forward with. And maybe we see a small move, maybe a guy like Troy Daniels or something like that um, to add a little bit more three-point shooting um, from the guard line. Um, but I would expect them to kind of stand pat here and head into the rest of these games. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what Quinn Snyder decides to do with this team, um, how he decides to run these rotations. Um, if Emmanuel Moutier finds his way back into the rotation, because I think he can really be beneficial to the team. Um, but yeah, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Um, again, thank you for listening. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Wasatch Basketball Pod, or you can email me at Wasatch Basketball Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Go Jazz!